Lucy Parsons. Welcome to today's show. Today we're talking all about A-level economics, what it's like and what it is. And it's an interview with a very special person, Bill Morrison, who was um, an economics teacher for over 20 years, as well as being head of the economics and business department. But not only that, he was an examiner and a principal examiner, which means he set economics A-level exams and marked them for various different examples. So he's somebody who really knows what he's talking about. And when we listen to the interview, you will hear just how passionate he is about A-level economics because he just loves the subject. (laughs) So in the interview today, you can find out what A-level economics is, what it's like to study it and where it can lead in life. However, before we go into today's interview, I just wanted to let you know about the How to Revise Economics A-Level Masterclass that Bill is, well, our guest speaker for in the Extraordinaries Club on the 27th of March 2021. And if you're listening in the future, the recording of the Masterclass will be in the club in perpetuity. So in the masterclass, Bill is bringing all his expertise to show students how to revise A-level economics effectively. And when students come to the masterclass, they will discover how to know which content you need to revise for your exam board, as well as how you'll be examined. How to choose revision techniques for A-level economics that will work for you how to revise to make sure you demonstrate your knowledge and understanding of A-level economics, how to practice your application skills and particularly your use of case studies, how to use data response questions and news articles to develop your analysis skills, how to develop your evaluation skills, one of the hardest skills at this level of study, and how to use resources on exam board websites to improve your exam technique to get as many marks as possible. So if you'd like to learn from Bill, who is a highly experienced teacher and principal examiner about how to revise A-level economics, you can find out more about that using the link in today's show notes. It's right at the bottom of today's show notes and you can find the show notes at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash A-level economics. That's all one word, A-level economics. So it's lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash A-level economics. Okay, let's get on with today's show. Welcome to the School Success Formula, Bill Morrison. Hi, thank you and thank you for inviting me to take part. Oh, it's a great pleasure to have you here. So before we get started, Bill, can you first tell us a bit about yourself and why you're talking to us about A-level economics today? Okay, yes. Yeah, so my sort of history involves from leaving school. Um, I, uh, I went to university and I actually dropped out uh, oh. very, very quickly. Uh, and I ended up working in uh, finance on for high street banks and uh, also managing um, High Street National Building Society branches. And after about 10 years, I got a bit fed up and I thought, I really ought to go and do uh, the degree that I should have done 10 years ago. So I actually went back to, um, to university as a mature student. And as part of my sort of banking career, I had undertaken some study for the for the banking exams, the Institute of, of, of Bankers, um, part of which involved economics, and I and I loved it. I hadn't studied it ever before, and I loved it. So I thought, I think I'll go and do an economics degree. And so I went to Liverpool uh, and uh, had a fabulous three years. Loved the subject, and then sort of fell into teaching. <laughs> So it wasn't it wasn't on my uh, it wasn't on my radar as such, but anyway, I, I became a teacher. I did two years teaching, uh, you know, uh, economics, uh, business, GNBQs as they w- were in the day, as well. Um, 
And then I moved over to Cheshire to teach an independent school. Um, became head of department quite soon after and spent the, uh, the last 22 years as head of departments for economics and business um, until I took early retirement. I during that time, I started examining uh, both for business, A-level, GCSE, and economics, A-level, um, became a principal examiner. So I actually had a period of time of actually setting papers for the AS, economics, um, and I thoroughly enjoy doing the marking as well, actually, and I still carry on with it. So, so yeah, that, that, that's me. Why am I here? Um, good question, but I actually, uh, I love economics. I love the subject. I loved teaching it. And the sort of knowledge that I've gained over the last 20 odd years in examining and delivering the subject, I want to help impart some of that, um, you know, to students and, um, and hopefully encourage those that might be thinking of, of studying it to give it a go give it a go that's a fascinating story and I love the fact well I I think it's really interesting the fact that you started university and then dropped out and then went back 10 years later because one of the things I see quite a lot with the people in my community is this everybody wants their children to go through the mm. education system you know step by step by step as it's kind of laid out you know GCSEs A levels straight to university get a job blah 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 and sometimes people's life path or, or you know the way they're maturing or whatever else is going on in their lives like maybe health problems or whatever doesn't lead to that very linear progression Absolutely. through the ordained stages so I love the fact that you shared that with us and you know you can still make a success of life if you don't tick off those boxes as absolutely. everybody's expecting you to absolutely I've always said to students you know look okay it's an exam if it goes wrong it is not the end of your world your life because you can do degrees but there's people doing degrees age 70 and so on and so forth so you know it isn't you haven't got to go through the, that, as you say, that linear, this is what you have to do in life, otherwise you're not successful because that's nonsense and wrong. Yeah, so thank you for that. Okay, let's carry on talking about economics. So yeah, sure. can you tell us what economics is? Because I think lots of people have got this preconceived idea that it's about money. So give us a little bit more about what economics actually is. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that people think it's about money because what I normally do at the first lesson is ask students two questions. Um, why have you chosen economics? Uh, to which the general answer is, sounds interesting. Um, and what's it about? It's about money, isn't it? And it isn't. Um, in fact, um, economics is actually really um, about how do we go about uh, using the limited resources that we have to satisfy society's needs and wants. Okay, that sounds a bit, a bit bland. Uh, but in, in basic terms, because we have limited resources and unlimited needs and wants, we can't have everything. So we have to come up with ways of thinking, well, how do we allocate resources? Uh, and. and how do we go about it? Um, and so we would then start to look at, well, okay, economics starts with three questions and it's called, and together they, they form what's known as the fundamental economic question. And it's the question of what, so what are we going to produce, provide, how, and that refers to uh, how we're going to manage resources uh, and within those we've got something we refer to as factors of production, land, labour, capital, enterprise. So how are we going to combine these things? And finally, who, how do we decide who gets? Who gets these things in society? Now, of course, you can go along a system uh, that we refer to as a command economy. Mm -hmm. A command economy, if you think of uh, really sort of uh, communist 
states where the decisions are made by central government. Or you can go to the very end of the spectrum and go to a totally free market economy. And this is where we start to look at supply and demand and where prices come from mm-hmm. and why prices change. And generally the forces of supply and demand will dictate what is actually being produced mm-hmm. and where resources are allocated. So as economists, we're interested in making sure that these resources are allocated efficiently. So the word efficiently comes up all the time in economics. So that's sort of a general general uh, nitty gritty outline. And I'll talk a little bit more about the, uh, the, the, the other aspects of it shortly, but I wanted to point out that students think economics is about money. And actually, uh, if you think about it, the history of money is probably about three, four hundred years old in, in, in the way that we understand it. And actually, as part of my degree, one of the papers I read was was based on the, the economies, the economics of prison. Yeah. So if, if we decided, you know, if we were to open a, a, a new a brand new prison and bring uh, inmates in who had never met each other before, within next to no time, it will have its own economic system, okay? And it will have a medium of exchange, okay? So all a medium of exchange is is a a way of deciding the value of things. Now, if you don't have a medium of exchange, then you're down to bartering. So if you fancy, uh, if you've got some chickens that you've kept, but you fancy beef, apologies to uh, vegetarians, etc., if you fancy beef for, for your tea, you've got to go out and find somebody uh, who's got beef, who also wants chicken. Yeah. And you've got to barter, you've got to find out the value of it. So what assists that is this thing called a medium of exchange. Now our medium of exchange, of course, is money. But in a prison, it can be anything from, well, going back a little bit, phone cards, tobacco, and so on. And that becomes their their medium of exchange. And so, yes, money comes into it, but economics is not just about money. The money helps us to to develop our economic systems. There's only a very small part of it all. So I wanted to bring that in. So yeah, so that's our starting point. Now economics is split into two, more than two, so to speak nowadays but uh, microeconomics which is looking at individual markets uh, and how they operate and so on and so forth Uh, so we do a lot on supply and demand and price mechanisms um, and and, and what change what causes prices to change etc and then the macroeconomic side which looks at the big picture Mm-hmm. So we're now looking at the, the, the economy as a whole. So we're, we're looking at what's going on in the markets, but looking at all those markets as one. And on micro, macroeconomics, we're going to be concerned about looking at things like unemployment, inflation, uh, our balance of payments. So how do we you know what, what's our trade like with the rest of the world? Uh, so exports and imports. Um, how do we make our economy grow? How do we create jobs? How do we become wealthier as a nation over time? And so we would look at the various uh, tools that government can use. Obviously, last week we had the budget and talks about tax, taxation, etc. Uh, but there's other things that we can do to, to manage the economy, create jobs and so on. So that's that side. Um, I, um, I'll be honest, my, my favourite bit and I, I, I hogged the teaching of this was that was the, the microeconomics so just fascinating stuff because we go on once we've got an, an idea about how the price mechanism works why the prices change etc we can then go on to 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 start to think about how we can influence those things and more importantly the problem is if economics was an exact science as such, I wouldn't need to teach it because we'd be every economy would be doing the right thing. 
but within 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 the economy and within markets you you end up with something referred to as market failure mm-hmm. so this, the subject starts off saying look hang on we have a we have a, a problem here uh we're trying to keep everyone happy with limited resources so we've come up with this system we've got a price mechanism hunky-dory let supply and demand sort it out if people don't want something the demand will fall the price will fall and producers won't produce as much or the product will disappear yeah and those resources become freed up to be used elsewhere that's the perfect situation but it doesn't happen because we get we get this market failure the market failure comes in in, in lots of, of shapes and forms we talk about things like negative externalities so we're looking at uh, here where the operation of a market might appear to be working nicely but its operation is now having negative impacts on third parties so people not involved easy example when you get in the car and you drive to work school what wherever you don't actually think about much at all um, and, and the only things you're considering are things like, well, I've got a petrol to pay for, the car insurance to pay for, the wear and tear and so on. And that's the only cost that you as an individual will, will take into account. However, of course, you're driving along. You are now polluting mm-hmm. the, uh, the atmosphere and, and having a negative impact and imposing costs on the rest of society. And those costs can be in the form of uh, hospital admissions through the effects of pollution and so on accidents of course uh, and the like so that market although it appears to be working is actually failing we can have market failure in the labor market of course unemployment is, is, is clearly a market failure mm-hmm. um, we can have positive uh, externalities and um, the classic one at the moment of course is the vaccination program that, that is being being uh, run out very successfully because if you get if you have a vaccine then that benefits society as well so for example my, my daughter had the, had the, the, the privilege of, uh, of going abroad to, to a country where she needed to have uh, I think it was yellow fever yeah yellow fever is not is not a vaccine that is, is available on the NHS free of charge you pay for it Mm -hmm. so off she went paid her 50 quid that's an economic transaction but I benefit and you benefit because now the likelihood of infection being passed on is reduced Um, and so there's cost savings again on the NHS and so on so we look at market failure we look at market failure in terms of uh, market structures as well things like um, you know, should we be breaking up the supermarket industry? Is it too, is too much power in one hand? So that's a general, so that's why I love it because you can start to investigate so many different things with yeah, it. It's really everything, isn't it? It's like how how we operate as individuals in relation to one another, isn't it? How we operate as in, individuals in relation to one another and, and how, even though you are one amongst a population of 60 odd million you can influence markets yes okay but certainly as a group of people uh, of consumers in a particular market then we have we have massive power in fact we refer to it in economics as consumer sovereignty mm-hmm. the consumer is king because if we decide not to buy it its price will fall probably disappear yeah, it's, it's, so some things become obsolete, don't they? Like you mentioned phone cards earlier. Nobody buys one of them anymore. Exactly. And, and yeah. the, the, the classic one is, is the, the move from VHS tapes to uh, DVDs. And now DVDs starting to be usurped by streaming. Yeah. So, yeah. And so it's so all dynamics as well. Just want to mention as well that, that so, so we've got the micro side that's looking at the little picture, the individual markets, the macro from the uh, the, the big picture, uh, easy to remember, microwave, of course, um, <laughs> all comes from the Greek anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but we now 
following the change in specifications, introduced a, a, another branch of economics, uh, which, can, which can be applied on a macro and micro scale, and that's called behavioral economics, which I think is really, really interesting, you know? Um, and we, behavioral economics is, is looking at how can, how can we alter people's um, behavior without necessarily going down the route of, uh, so for example, if we wanted people to use their cars less, we, 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 the traditional economist is gonna come around and say, right, tax. Tax the car user, be it on petrol or road tax, subsidize alternatives, make them cheaper, okay? Uh, get people to pay per mile, so road pricing. Now, behavioral economists would say, well, how, can we achieve something similar, but without having to go down the, the, this sort of command control approach. So how can we, and we refer to nudges. Yes. How can we nudge people to do, to, to do the right thing? Um, uh, a, a classic nudge is if you're driving along and you approach a roundabout. And quite often you have those yellow lines across the road mm -hmm. that are slightly raised. Now, they're actually, they actually get closer together as you get to closer to the roundabout. Mm -hmm. The idea being that you perceive that you're still going at a fast speed. Yes. So it encourages you to slow, it's a nudge. Yeah, okay. now, they use it in canteens and things as well, don't they, to affect- Absolutely. So if you put like chocolate bars next to the place where you pay, people will buy chocolate bars, but if you put apples there, they pick up apples. Absolutely. And, and again, this, this is one of the reasons why governments have, have stepped in and said to supermarkets, can you not put sweets at the checkout at children's high level, mm. you know, to take, to, to, to change. It's, it's a fascinating subject. I could talk all day about it. <laughs> and, and I think it's a great addition to, to economics courses. I think the one last thing about studying economics and, and, and what it involves, it is a numerical subject, mm -hmm. okay? And students also have an awareness of that. In fact, I think if I'm right, all A-levels have a numerical element to them to a certain degree. Um, but, it's not, but it's more than the average A-level, isn't it? Because you yes. know, I, I, I was a geography teacher and yeah. we always had stats in geography, but I would anticipate that economics had more stats in it than, or more. I, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I think the, the, it's something like about 20% of the, 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 the paper students sit in normal times um, on numerical. But by numerical, that's everything from carrying out a calculation mm -hmm. to being able to interpret a chart, a graph and so on. So what level of um, maths do they need coming in? Do they need a really good GCSE maths grade or do they just need a pass? Well, um, I, I would, uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I, would say, I would say you'd want to, you'd want to be a, 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 a good, solid in old money b in yeah. money sort of the six yes um comfortable with it but yeah. it, 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 to, to a certain extent at a level it's not really much more beyond there's nothing more you can't you can cope with a level economics numeracy yeah with your gcse knowledge yeah. but i want to come back to that a bit later on something okay. that just to refer refer to on that a bit later on so gosh hopefully that's given yeah i, I think that's a really a, thorough overview of what this subject and insights in, yeah. into it and it, it, it sounds fascinating i wish i'd considered it when i was choosing my a levels but i couldn't it do them all so. goes, <laughs> and i would have done probably it goes, well, goes well with geography yeah yeah it does so um what lots of people kind of think of economics and business together so um what's the difference between them <clears throat> right again a good question and, and and the clue is sorry light screen the clue is um really in 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 the, in the, in the old days prior to the new specs business a level was of course business studies a level so with business studies what 
what you are doing is you are studying how businesses operate. Mm -hmm. So in sort of, if you think about your, your, your average business, uh, it's going to have a number of functions that it's going to be undertaken. There'll be a financial side to it, financial management side to it, marketing, ops management, and so forth. And you're looking and studying at how businesses can initially sort of how these functions work. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you sort of get A level, it becomes a bit more strategic. How do you change those functions? How do you uh, how do you actually organize the business and so on and so forth? So it is studying how businesses operate and everything from looking at um, uh, financial accounts and so balance sheets and profit and loss accounts or income statements as they are now known, uh, showing my age, um, as well as uh, looking, looking at, like as I've said, sort of operations management. Do you want to operate on a large scale, small scale, mm -hmm. marketing? Are you going to be a niche market? So you, 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 you're looking at it. And I always say to, uh, to students that when you get to A-level economics, first year, you tend to study it as if you're middle management, mm -hmm. uh, overview of, of particular areas. At, at the full A level, you're really in the sort of um, directorship type roles um, and, and looking at the whole company and what strategies you can implement to achieve, achieve your aims. So that's what you're looking at. You, you're studying businesses. Yeah, so it's more kind of applied in a way than economics, which is more kind of looking at things in a more kind of aggregated kind of way. Sort of, but not quite, because let's say business is, is, is how do businesses operate and how can we make them operate better? Mm -hmm. Now, within a business studies A-level course, there'll be a fraction of it that looks at how does the economy affect, affect us. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it's just a small slither of overlap between the two. Mm -hmm. um, one way of sort of trying to explain to students a, a, a difference is a, it's a subtle example. We, we talked about uh, road usage previously and, and the pollution and how can we control that. So if the government wants to control pollution from car usage and cut back on car usage, it could go to an economist and say, how do we do it? And the economist said, right, here are some tools you can use. Uh, might not be effective, depends on price, elasticity of demand, and so bringing all the economics in, but you could tax the car user. And you could take some of that tax and subsidize uh, bus companies and train companies. So, so we've got the problem. The economist has said, here's a solution. The government goes down the route of taxing road users. The person in business is now thinking, oops, how do we deal with these additional costs? Yeah. And can I pay? So, so there's the problem in the middle. The solution comes from the economist, but the business student is going to be asking the question, how do we deal with this new problem? Yeah, so like the, the car manufacturer is thinking, how do I deal with this problem? And you might have like local garages as well that want to service cars thinking, you know, how do I make more money if people are using their cars less and having the service? Yeah, abs absolutely. Yeah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a world of difference between the two. Yeah. Um, and it's important students appreciate that. On that point, uh, I, as, as when I was head of the department, I never had an issue about a student who wanted to do both economics and business. Mm -hmm. Some schools don't allow it. I didn't bother me one iota. And uh, I think in the 22 years, only one student said it was questioned by the university they're applying to. Yeah. So, but it's just something to bear in mind. Yeah, definitely. Very, very. So how do you know if economics is a good A-level for you to choose? Okay, that, that's there's a it's a good question because generally students will not have studied it. Um, some schools do do it at GCSE, um, but generally not. Um, I think if anything that I've said 
has sparked your interest so far, then it is something that you may wish to look at. So uh, the first and foremost, if you're interested in what is going on in the world, and I mean um, anything from, uh, from politics, why are governments doing such and such, why aren't governments doing rolling out vaccines as quickly as elsewhere? Uh, why is petrol so expensive? Why is my car insurance, because I'm 18, through the roof? Um, anything, anything that you might read in newspapers, etc., cetera, um, that sparks an interest and makes you ask questions, then you're likely to be a good, good candidate for economics as a starting point, because economics will give you the answers to some of those questions that you are, that you are raising. Um, and, and, and I, su I suppose a, a starting point of thinking about it is, is obviously talk to, talk to teachers, mm -hmm. look at textbooks, yeah. um, and start reading quality newspapers. Yeah. Um, uh, and, 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 and say, well, that, that, that interests me. I, uh, I've made a note of um, four headlines from, from today's Times newspaper. Okay. Other newspapers are available. Yeah, yeah, the, the <laughs> <laughs> and we're recording this on the 10th of March um, 2021 for anybody listening in the future. Okay, I hope somebody's listening. But anyway, <laughs> um, so these Times articles, uh, article number one, uh, witty rules out hope of early end for lockdown. There's loads of economics, loads of economics in here. Mm -hmm. Things like impact on government finances, furlough schemes. Uh, we had the budget last week. How are we going to pay for this lockdown, impact on unemployment, uh, etc. Nice headline. Oasis once played for a hot meal. Okay, that's Oasis the band. Yeah. Once performed for a hot meal. Question, well, what incentivizes people? Economics is a lot about incentivizing uh, people in the market. Uh, and, and why do people earn different amounts of money? A whole new part of the labour market section that you would study. Um, COVID costs put councils at risk of financial failure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so again, I'm thinking, okay, so what do we do? If we want to keep leisure centres open, do we increase council tax? If we increase council tax, how does that affect households? what I'd refer to as discretionary income, the money they have left having paid their bills. And if they don't have discretionary income, maybe they won't be able to afford to go to the leisure centre anyway. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if you start to think like that, you're going to be a good economist. Um, and then sunny times ahead, uh, Greece to um, welcome back Britons. Okay, so Greece is saying, yeah, we're going to that. Immediately, um, it's an interesting one. A lot of students find this amazing when I tell them, if you go on a holiday and you have a meal in a Greek restaurant, that actually goes down as a UK import, even though you're consuming it in Greece. So there's a whole impact on our, our balance of trade, our exports and, and, uh, and uh, imports and so on. That's just four headlines. I could have gone on and on and on. And... Almost all headlines generally, I could say there's economics in there. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I used to do from day one with students is saying, right, you've had your first economics lesson, first homework, here's a scrapbook. You're going to put get a news article and you're going to tell me a little bit more about it mm -hmm. that's not in the news article. And it's amazing how within a few weeks, students are actually bringing economics to help explain the, the, the articles that they're, they're, they're collecting. Yeah. I love this. I, I, I absolutely love it because it's uh, helping people to think critically, but also to engage. Well, it's not just critically, but like um, it's curiosity, isn't it? It's engendering curiosity. Um, but it's an inquiry of what is actually happening and impacting people. <clears throat> 
in the here and now. And it, I always say, as a geographer, like geography is everywhere and there, geography is in everything. And it, it feels like the same can be said about economics. Absolutely. And, and I think that the beauty of, of, of starting to do that and be actively involved in your own learning, uh, A, it brings the subject to life mm -hmm. because you're now applying it to real life stuff. B, the exam, let's assume life's going to be normal next next summer, for example. Um, or cer certainly, hopefully, for lower six students starting this September, this next academic year, uh, doing their A-level in, in, in two years' time. Uh, the exams that they will be sitting will be being put together round about the time they start the course, mm -hmm. possibly six months into their course, examiners will be sat there thinking, right, I need some source material. Mm -hmm. And the source material will come from news articles, etc. Yeah. So you, 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 you're getting into that frame of mind where you can uh, start from the early stages of being able to analyze mm -hmm. and then develop an argument and actually start to evaluate, well, actually, I think the government's response to this particular issue is a load of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. and, and explain why it's a load of nonsense. Because we will give you, as teachers, um, a good co ex-colleague of mine, a real good friend, a superb economics teacher, always um, referred to it as the economic toolbox. Oh. We are teaching you tools that you can then say, hey, we've got this problem. Let's take this concept of price elasticity of demand mm -hmm. and apply it to this problem. Yeah. And so on and so forth. It turns you into a better citizen because you're able to interrogate what's going on in your society. But it also, um, you know, it, it, it's this toolbox, <laughs> like that, that word that you used, it, it's a way of, it, it, it's useful, isn't it? You're, well, you're a problem solver, aren't you? Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and <clears throat> economic students that, that get engaged from day one um, and, and take an active interest in what, what's going on around them uh, will be superb analysts. Uh, they'll be able to evaluate. And those are two massively important skills mm -hmm. for any job, any job that they wish to do Definitely. in the future. Definitely. Okay, let's move on. And can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to study A-level economics? So what can you be expecting to do on a kind of day-to-day -day basis? Day-to-day <clears throat> -day basis. Um, studying economics, as I've said, really is, is uh, from day one where you, you're going to be exposed to real-world situation scenarios. Obviously, as a teacher, I have to go through various concepts mm -hmm. and ideas and then put them into practice. My teaching approach was, was always, look, okay, I'm gonna talk about um, uh, demand and demand curves. We'd build up the theory and then we would look at news articles. Well, how's that information going to shift the demand curve one way or the other and so on? So it's a, case, it's, it's a bit of a case of we, I suppose, going back to the idea of economic, the economic toolbox, um, you wouldn't give a carpenter's set of tools to somebody and say, build me a boat yeah. <laughs> without any training. You, yeah. We have to do that bit of that didactic Yes. lesson approach and that actually teaching but then enough, the rest of it then is, is all about saying right let's how can we apply this mm -hmm. to these situations and I think that's what makes generally economic lessons really interesting and thought-provoking aren't they thought-provoking and if you're a student that wants to challenge fabulous uh, uh, one of this, uh, the last groups I taught, there was a student in there would challenge everything uh, because, and, and it was his way of saying, well, actually, I, why would that even happen? Doesn't make sense that somebody would do that. And you could get in a real good debate 
um, about it. And, and what he was actually doing was, was slowly but surely sort of saying, there's a counter argument yes. to this. You know, you've said, uh, if, we, if we increase taxes, people will consume less. Is that definitely so? Why, why would that happen? You know, I can't see the price going to book. So anyway, it, 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 it's, it's, well, certainly my lessons, and I can't speak for other uh, economics teachers, but I, I, I tend to say, look, there's, here's some theory now, let's use it. Let's use it, let's use it in these real world examples. And then obviously what we're trying to do then is to, is to build the students' uh, analytical skills, um, and, and their evaluative skills as well. And of course, as soon as we are able to, we will start to expose students to, look, we've done this, here's a past paper. You can't do the 25 mark essay because you haven't got all the tools. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly we would start working on, you know, past paper questions where appropriate. Micro, I found micro teaching a little bit easier um, because micro is, is the small pictures, the looking at individual markets. And you can, you can do nice little individual lessons on these tools. So maximum prices, minimum prices, and so on, and, and, and work with them. Macro is a little bit, macro is one where students may find initially what what is going on yeah. we, um, because macro is, is, is definitely one where the big picture comes together a little bit further down the line you have to kind yes of be patient we've talked while you wait patient with it all those yeah. come together absolutely absolutely and, and, and the, this the, the key thing here as well with, with both the micro and the macro is, is in terms of studying it, this is, this is a whole new ball game. It's got its own language. Mm -hmm. um, and, and because of that, you need to revisit lessons. Um, having listened to uh, another of the, the, these podcasts, mm -hmm. that came across quite clearly in there as well. <clears throat> You've got to revisit you've got to practice. Yeah. Within, within economics, there's a lot of diagrams. Yes. Okay, excuse me a minute. <coughs> a lot of diagrams and um, some can get quite technical, mm -hmm. um, but you practice yeah. and a, a student's got, got to be willing to practice. A, a poor diagram is worth nothing in an examination. Mm -hmm. um, but likewise, a good, a good diagram is also worth very little if you then never refer to it. Yeah. So being able to explain succinctly what is going on in that diagram. So lots of diagrams, uh, lots of juicy, interesting articles to read and to apply your knowledge. Um, lots of discussion. Oh, loads. Loads of discussion um, and arguments <laughs> uh, in particular. Um, I mean, I, 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 I've done stuff when we were looking at uh, market failure, setting up a lesson. It was all, it was based about um, who should, who should pay for flood defences. Interesting. And I gave them some information, numbers, facts, figures, etc. One group were arguing that it should be, I had to come up with an argument that it should be households. Mm -hmm. and the other group, that government. And that was fab, because they really had a go at each other. <laughs> so interesting stuff. Um, on that. And is there quite a lot of reading as well? <clears throat> Reading-wise, um, like, like, like it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a social science. Um, uh, Reading as in, in as in lots, well, you've got a textbook, but reading generally, I think, is, is the key thing. And this goes back to reading your news articles, be they on the BBC, on, on, on the internet, or actually getting hold of 
old-fashioned paper, newspapers, and so on, and reading through, and, and, and then starting to think, oh, hang on a minute, this is what's going on. So, I wouldn't say there's vast some vast amounts of reading. Um, what you do have to be prepared and comfortable with doing is writing an extended answer. Okay, yeah. And so, by an extended answer, um, you know, this could be two, three, four sides of A4. Yeah, yeah, so, decent length essay. Okay, well, that's really interesting to hear about the kind of day-to-day -day activities and things <coughs> you can learn about economics. Um, what else should students consider if they're thinking about taking A-level economics? I think, I think the first things first is, is understand what you're getting into. Okay. So, you know, simply understand um, what is the subject about, where is it going to lead in terms of content? Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to just um, come up with a, a sort of a bland response of this is what economics is about but I think it's when it gets into the nitty-gritty later on that it becomes really really interesting stuff mm -hmm. okay. so yeah what, what is it you're getting into that's 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 really important um the ability to, to, to write extendedly, um, you've got to be confident with that. Mm -hmm. you've got, you have got to be confident with it because there's a lot, there's a lot of extended writing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just have an awareness that there is a numerical side that is quite important yeah. and does form a significant part of the overall marks that are available. Yes. Um, as I mentioned previously, if, you, if you've got a reasonable grasp of GCSE economics, A-level economics doesn't uh, involve anything more than the ability to add up, take away, subtract and multiply. Yeah. Okay, and so... Read a graph and that kind of thing. It's and, and be, yeah, and, and interpret. Yeah. One thing I would like to add is a lot of students have taken economics um, as, as, a, as a, that's my third choice, okay? Uh, and in, in the days when my school allowed sort of the, the four, the four uh, choice A-levels, often as a fourth choice, mm -hmm. but often that fourth choice becomes one of their most favorite subjects because it's just, it is fascinating. Yeah, and it's probably the fourth choice because they haven't heard of it before and they're a bit, yes. oh, what, what am I getting into? Yeah. But actually they find it so interesting. What other A-level subjects does it go well with? Right, I was gonna, what I was going to mention is in terms of the numeric, uh, numerical side of it all, should a student want to study it at degree level, mm -hmm. uh, a-level maths is a must. Okay. A-level maths is a must. Although a number of universities now offer a BA economics as opposed to a BSc. Okay. And, and therefore slightly lighter on the maths uh, on the BA than the BSc. But ideally, um, A-level economics, uh, sorry, A-level maths would go really well. Classic, classic combinations, um, geography we've mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, history, mm -hmm. uh, politics, yeah. fabulous uh, combination. My own daughter actually did geography, uh, politics and economics. Oh, that sounds like a dream. And German, because <laughs> she was at stage one. Yeah, that's when, she, when you could do four. And at one stage, she wanted to do a German degree, but she ended up doing a geography degree. Yeah. And then an MSc and so on, but by the by. But that, that's, that, that is a combination that works really well. But I've also had students who have been utter scientists. Yes. Um, and done, and done the, if, if, in our school, biology, physics, chemistry, economics as the subject to break up all the sciencey bit. Yeah. 
I actually had one chap who was sat on doing whatever it was with his sciences, uh, did economics, never done it before, ended up at LSE studying economics. Wow. Yeah. He, he actually took a year out yeah. from, from the end of his A-levels because he'd applied to do sciencey stuff and wanted to do that. But anyway, but it goes with those sort of subjects and uh, it, it's, it's fascinating. I love it. <laughs> I can tell by the way you're talking <laughs> about it. Okay, we're nearly at the end now, but have you got any final thoughts you'd like to share with us about A-level economics? Yeah, as, I think as hopefully as... Come, uh, as uh, if it's, I hope it's come across. Uh, it is an absolutely blindingly good, fascinating subject. Um, if you've got any any interest whatsoever in what's going on around you, do economics. It will help you understand it without a doubt. I did hear somebody say, I can't remember where I saw this, but it was very recent, but economics has the second best rate of pay after medicine of all yes the absolutely it's it, you you are developing uh, really good analytical and evaluative skills mm -hmm. and if you go on to do it at university to degree level um, and come out with a with a, with an economics degree you're you're going to be highly sought after um and the the, the last report that I was on the BBC website 18 months ago where they produced these what do graduates earn um, the top of the tree was the, with the medics and then the economists yeah the next but as I might have mentioned somewhere else not if you teach it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, if you don't work in the city of London then maybe absolutely yeah. absolutely but no it, it's a great subject um what's not to like yeah brilliant thank you so much bill this uh, is really inspiring hearing you talk about it and how much you love the subject and i really hope it gives people listening a window into what they can expect from this fascinating and highly relevant subject throughout people's lives really absolutely it, it is it is one of those things that will help you understand for the rest of your life what is going on and why it's going on and its impacts and also your ability to stand and say i disagree because amazing subject i love it amazing thank you so much bill pleasure. for sharing your knowledge and your time with us today really really enjoyed it it's been a pleasure thank you wasn't that a great conversation with Bill? He is just so passionate about his subject and so knowledgeable as well. And he brings real life knowledge and experience to the subject as well. So as I mentioned at the beginning, he is our guest speaker on the How to Revise A-Level Economics Masterclass on the 27th of March, 2021. So if you'd like to come along to that, um, please do check out the information which you can find through a link in today's show notes at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash A-Level Economics. And yeah, I hope to see you there. So thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and goodbye.